ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, this is a podcast where I can say I see all of you. I, I mean, I, like, and that's too weird for the beginning of a sleep podcast, patrons. Uh, I was trying to make a metaphor, uh, but I can't really can't hear you either. Uh, but I know you're there, and I'm happy to comfort you. Uh, and uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, uh, you know, whatever's keeping you awake, work schedule, travel schedule, whatever it is. I'm here to keep your company and take your mind off. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, like word, word scram, whatever those are, where I take a word and I try to pronounce it. It's almost like too many words are trying, or too many letters are trying to get out of my mouth at the same time. So then they kind of get, uh, what is it called, backed up, and then they all kind of spill out. So sometimes they call it word scrambles or word spillage. Uh, but it's more, I guess it's spillage. Uh, what happens after it gets blocked up? Uh, kind of like in a comedy from like a, a silent movie when all the, like, I think that was called the Keystone Cops. I don't know if I ever saw one, but I can imagine all of them trying to go through one door at the same time. And then they kind of get stuck in the doorway and in the hallway to the door. And eventually they all spill out the other side. That's like a, a part, but just one part of my brain looks like that uh, most of the time. So I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Uh, having things running around and then trying to go through doors, uh, you know, climbing in the car. You know, you say, how do, how'd they get all those in? How'd those cars, how'd they get into one car like that? And then you say, what's this car doing driving around my brain like uh, with these giant signs that I'm supposed to read that say, what about tomorrow? And you say, well, what do you mean? And they say, okay, well, boy, I'm trying to go to sleep, actually. And they say, good point. Let me, uh, if you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, this is Sleep With Me podcast to put you to sleep. It's structurally what to expect. Uh, if you're new, is a show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free. Uh, then there's about an intro. There's an intro that's about 12 minutes long. And the intro is actually a big part of the show. It feels like uh, something that never gets started or like a buildup uh, where it's just kind of, yeah, it's like that part where everybody's, you say, well, what's on the other side of the door when they spill out the other side of the door? And you say another doorway, of course, the brilliance of whoever came up with the key. you say another doorway for them to get stuck in. Just when they all get in the other room, then they rush through another doorway. In some reason, in my brain, on the other side of every door is a vending machine. I don't know. That does seem like an inane detail. Uh, normally, like, that's just something a splainer would use, inane. But uh, I guess part of my brain said... I just see a, a vending machine there. I said, well, it's interesting. I won't call it a name, though it's interesting. Okay, well, let's back it up. So you have a bunch of Keystone Cops or some other court cartoon-like characters. They're all trying to get, so this is a workplace, uh, like break rooms. No hallways. Maybe it's a hallway to a break room that they never reach. Oh, just like these intros that you're trying to explain to a listener. Kind of, yeah, where it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Which you say could say that is a metaphor, the key, like. But you say, well, I don't understand what the metaphor is. And I'd say exactly, it's a visual metaphor. Uh, also, there's a vending machine there. I'm not sure if it's a met- the vending machine doesn't seem to serve any metaphorical purpose. It's just there for snacks uh, or you know other things like that. So convenience. Oh yeah, especially if you're caught in. The- think about it. Maybe good marketing. If all of those. Uh, Let's say there's 14 Keystone Cops just uh, off the hot top of my head. Probably wouldn't be 13, obviously. 
they, they, if they're all caught in the door doorway, only four or five of them are going to be stuck there. So a few of them are going to be in the back uh, waiting. And they'd say, you know what I could go for? Some nougat right now. Oh, boy. I, I need something with a caramel center myself. Uh, I'm looking for something more in the Nature Valley range. They say, look, who would have thought to put a vending machine there? And they say, some part of Scooch's brain that's inane. Oh, but if you're new, so the intro is where I try to explain what the podcast is and go off topic. Just unintentionally, I just did it. It's also part of people's wind-down routine. The majority of the listeners that I hear from, they start the intro and they get ready for bed. Or they're already in bed and they're getting comfortable. And you slowly wind down. Uh, some people use it, uh, you know, while they're brushing their teeth, brushing their hair. You know, brush, maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're brushing your your sweaters. I, I think that's called something else. Uh, brushing your pets. Uh, you know, get a little fermentation going on. Right? Am I right, pets? Oh, yeah, I'm right. Uh, but so it's it's part of a lot of people's wind-down routine. About, about 2 or 3% of listeners, I think, uh, that statistic changes whenever I like uh, remember it. Uh, it uh, they skip ahead to about the eighteen twenty minute mark. That's when the stories generally start. And more and more people I hear from listen to listen during to the podcast during the day, and probably mostly to the intro. Uh, just as part of a, a wind down routine at work or in the car. And obviously, it's not used. To, it's not for everybody. Yeah. So that's the intro. It doesn't ever make a lot of sense, uh, but I try to get there. I say, and I, and I really can't help myself. I, this is just how my uh, my whatever my internal makeup, how how my synapses work. I got a synapse full of Keystone Cops, probably like running into another synapse, and they say, actually, Scooch, you just like I just heard from an imaginary neuroscientist who said you just explained the whole great great. Uh, synapse theory with your keystone cops metaphor once you had the vending machine in there because uh, the vending machine rep- okay actually i don't sorry neuroscientist i don't have time to, to complete your uh thing because i have no neuroscience understanding uh so we'll have to leave that event unclosed uh but yeah my brain is a bit like my brain does have synapses as far as i know and i try to use them they try to, you know, and I don't know, is that where our gang, is there ganglion, gangly, gangly stuff in there? Because I have gangly and jangly stuff up in there. Uh, but, okay. Oh, so I was trying to explain to the new listener, though. So the intro, you could skip it, but kind of see how it goes. This, like, a podcast is kind of meant to be consumed a little bit passively. Like, just like watching Keystone Cops hit a vending machine, waiting for the other Keystone Cops to you know, unjam themselves from the doorway so they can spill out of that doorway, hardy har har right into another one. But sometimes it, that metaphor for me is what bedtime feels like. Uh, I got thoughts, uh, smelling into thoughts. I got other thoughts milling around. Right, see, who, who's the supervisor? Oh, uh, uh, Lucine, she's at the uh, vending machine. Okay, well, sh- sh- can't Lucine come over here and help... Uh, you know, migrate these thoughts to bed or something. Cause I gotta go, I can't, I, I, I don't really need to think about spreadsheets or the slide decks or whatever. Well, no, we're just running around. We, we don't have any specific things. We are just yelling, uh, sleep, sleep, slide decks. And well, exactly. You're running from doorway to doorway, getting stuck, uh, and yelling about spreadsheets. I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I got my room 64 degrees here. I got three layers of blankets. I got three layers of noise, like a background noise. I got a cross breeze. And, you know, I haven't used a device in 45 minutes. I'm reading uh, like like some... uh, Right now I'm reading, rereading a Dragonlance novel. And I'm about to go sleep. Like, like, uh, could you you quit, quit running around? Well, no, no, that's what we, what we do. Okay, well, believe it or not, also, I, I'm not actually in bed. I was actually trying to explain the structure of the podcast. Uh, 
So I probably should get, but why don't you, why don't you all listen in while I explain what the podcast is uh, structurally? Because uh, next up, after the intro, there's some business between the intro and the show. Then uh, there's this, uh, usually a bedtime story or a recap. Uh, tonight will be a do- recap of uh, Doctor Who, uh, an episode, a two-parter episode. It'll be the second half. Uh, about It's about spelunking, I think. Uh, so it'll be good it'll be good good uh, sleep material. I'll just kind of barely refer to the plot. I'll say, hmm, I wonder what uh what what is that word? Where's the origins of that word? Spelunk. Uh, you know, does anyone has there ever been a funk album named Spelofunk? Uh, sounds more like if somebody's looking here's this, here's another branding opportunity. Courtesy of Scoots and your check for millions of dollars. Uh, if you're going to open a cannabis business, uh, Splafunk, uh, you, you could you you definitely need to pay me for that. But uh, you, you could that's probably good. Like I'm working on these instead of book titles lately. I've been coming up with a lot of doozies. Also, I'll think. Don't worry. At some point, I'll think of a business named Doozies. Uh, I don't know what it is yet. Uh, uh, but uh, like because uh, they just say what businesses are based on spinning. Because uh, they say, oh, that one's a doozy. Ro- I mean, is there any roller coasters named Doozy? Any sentient roller coasters listening to this podcast named Doozy? Okay, well, get a hold of me. We, you know, uh, we, when you're not busy, I guess if you're a sentient roller coaster, I don't know. Does that mean you're not? Uh, that's actually maybe I should come to your universe and help you out because it sounds like it wouldn't be great going in circles all the time. Uh, but, but doozy the sentient roller coaster. Maybe that could be something I could work on. Okay, so where were we? Oh, structure show. So there's the story, then some thank yous at the end. That's what to expect structurally. As far as other things, if you're new and you're you're still around, uh, you don't need to listen to me. Uh, you probably figure that out on on your own. Uh, I'm here to distract you from all that doorway clogging and spilling and thoughts and saying slide decks, uh, you know, d- d- like, uh, I'm here to take your mind off it, to keep you company as you drift off. So you don't need to listen to me. And there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour. There's, you can line up episode after episode. I'm here to keep you company throughout the night. Uh, I work on the show all the way to the end. So if you can't sleep, I'll be here to kind of keep you company, to barely entertain you. The reason I make a show is because I've been there in the deep, dark night tossing and turning. I just want to help. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think anything else you need to know. No, I hope I can help. I really appreciate you checking the show out. Most reviewers say it took two or, two or three times. Sometimes I just read a review in the, that'll be at the thank yous at the end of the show. The person they listened once two or three years ago. Uh, said no thank you then rediscovered the show and that's their favorite podcast so you know see 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 if it works for you give it a couple tries or give it a try come back later i'll be here to help you that's what i want to do and uh, that's it uh uh i strive and i yearn to help you fall asleep and here's a couple of ways we keep the show going all right, we're talking about uh, season two, episode either ten or eleven, or no, episode nine or ten, depending on how you do it to find your season. Part part two of a two-part episode, uh, which we last left off in the last episode. This one's called "It's the Pits, uh, Man." It's the Pits. Uh, it looks like it's. I didn't write down if it's written or directed by Matt Jones. I think written by Matt Jones. And they show what happened last time, which was we were on the space base outside the black hole. Uh, there's henna tattoos and ouds and closing doors. Uh, and it opens with uh, ouds being shushed. Uh, everybody says, ouds, quick, quit uh, with the chattering. Ouds, don't be rude, uh, please. Uh, something, oh, stabilizing. Uh, got orbit or out of orbit. Uh, so they must have got the orbit back. Uh, when we last left off, they must have lost their orbit. So orbit's back. Uh, let, let me just check. Uh, uh, yeah, they say, uh, Rose calls the doctor. Uh, ood or trouble. How many ood do we have? Uh, all 50, they say. 
then um, one of the dudes thinks he can out oud the oud, but he oh boy is he wrong. Uh, you don't you don't be rude to a rude oud, dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, think of anything else that rhymes there. Uh, he's wrong. Uh, bolts, uh, sh- station nine time. Oh, stra- it's time for strategy nine time. The ouds are taking out all the, um, the bolts on the doors. Uh, strategy nine time. Doctor comes across the radio. Hello. Uh, with a cheery hello. You know, always good to hear from the doctor. Any, any situation. Uh, let's see. Uh, doctor's fine. Uh, where are we? Ch- chasm or chasm? Chasm, chasm, chasm. Uh, tried to write it in the enunciation way. No sign, doctor. Is there such a thing? Withdraw now. Order strategy nine. That's what my notes say. Let's just look up what actually happened. Uh, careful, me and Ida. Seals open. We got the chasm. Uh, let's see, uh, can't, how far is the chasm? We don't know. It goes down for a while. Uh, pits, pits open. Uh, no thing, no sign. You know, they talk about, uh, who, they literally, he didn't realize this was a crossover episode, but they talk about, uh, the second Lord of the Rings movie a lot in this, uh, two towers. And the log of bars, uh, the famous log of bars, and it comes up in the end of Fellowship. Uh, you know, the the thing they transfer, the log of bars helped uh, Gandalf, the Grey, become the White Wizard uh, through a series of trials. Who would have known? Now, now, I mean, where else would have happened but in Doctor Who? It doesn't make out, you know, it's a sleep podcast, so. Okay, withdraw. Order straight, you know, a lot of orders. Poor Zachary Cross Flame, he's got a lot of work being the leader of this crew. You know, they're teetering on the edge of a black hole. Oh, Ida, I had to look up I, oh, Rida, you know, that'll come up in the research. Uh, Ida re- rebels, uh, shuts radar. Oh, she says she, she rebels, she, she shuts down a radio. She says, Doctor, we should go down in the pit. Uh, and uh, you say, well, we have an order to come back. And Doctor says, well, it's tempting. And you say, well, what's down there? Well, we don't know. Uh, and Doctor kind of makes, goes back to his cool monologues. Uh, at first, he says, okay, wait a second. He goes, this is human. Uh, we're angels fear to tread, standing on the edge. It's a feeling you get right at the back of your head. That impulse, that strange little impulse. Uh, it says, go on, go on, go on. Uh, but the doctor says, what if the logger of bars uh, is counting on that? Uh, and he says, for once in my life, Officer Scott, I'm going to say retreat. Uh, now I know I'm getting old. He goes, Rose, we're headed back up there. Yeah, nice monologue for once in my life. Officer Scott, no trouble, dude. Oh, he's clean, no trouble, dude. Can I rem- Can you remember? Oh, they're talking to Toby. Because uh, the log of bars can, uh, you know, is intimately, it was a reveal. Uh, the, the, the log of bars is the one behind uh, uh, Toby's henna tattoos and uh, getting caught up in henna. Also, Toby has a big smartwatch on Strategy 9. Some of the ood are out. Uh, Dr. Knight are coming back. Uh, uh, some kind of countdown. Uh, oh, the, also, uh, the, the, the logger of bars calls in and says, uh, Hey, uh, I'm going to send you through the same trials, but in a different way that, uh, Gandalf the Grey went through. This is my domain, uh, clinging to your feeble sons, uh, you things that live in the light. And they say, this is just kind of thing Gandalf the Grey had to deal with. And those, but they said, that was fiction. And they say, how many different names and stories is it? Uh, and the doctor comments on it. Uh, you know, universe has been busy since the last we heard from you. More religions and uh, fictional fantasy stories and planets in the sky. Uh, Ar- Archipet, Archifet's uh, Orcology. 
Pishpash, uh, San Kwan, uh, Church of the Din Vagabond. Uh, they talk about myth, you know, myth, myth versus reality. Is uh, really like, uh, like is the lager bars real? Is uh, Gandalf the Grey real? Well, Gandalf the Grey's not here to help you anyway. Power goes out. Uh, this is my domain. Oh, the power went out earlier, I guess. What does this say? Torturama or Kivo. Maybe those were names for them. Uh, don't match with Zachary Cross Flame. That's what I know. The doctor's busy asking questions. Uh, they talk about the truth beyond the myth. Uh, before I got busted, uh, this is kind of, you know, the, 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 the logger bars is just comic, you know, commenting on all this. Uh, Saying, and I think Gandalf covered this before time and space, there was the logger bars. But it's just a saying, you know, no one knows if that's true. Also knows everyone's weakness uh, in the back. Oh, Torchwood Archives. That's what the handwriting says. I thought it said, uh, Torch, uh, that's uh, where that's who they work for, turns out. Uh, where does that say that? I don't know. But this was Zachary Cross Lane says, uh, Oh, Sanctuary Bay 6, representing the Torchwood Archives. Okay, Udais, what does that mean? I don't know. Oh, the, all the Ud get a uh, uh, logger of bars eyes. Uh, they lay down, oh, yeah, he lays down everyone's weakness. Someone says, what in the double, H-E double hockey sticks is going on here? I thought we were running a hockey academy and another hockey academy, and this was a two-part episode about that, but it turns out it's not a... Uh, Somehow it's become a crossover, uh, and then they say, okay, well, you know, even Charles Dickens, you know, had to pay the bills. Uh, everyone was talking at once. That's why I may have got this mixed up with the whole Hockey Academy crossplot last time. Uh, doctor takes over. Uh, doctor goes back to his kind of human, uh, you know, human love-like stuff, uh, he goes, you know, this is just trying to, you know, F-E-A-R you. Uh, that's how it works. Uh, you know, which version of truth is better? Uh, you're going to be fine. Work is a team. Brilliant humans, humans who travel all the way across the space, uh, flying in a tiny rocket. That made me think of Tiny Dancer. Uh, right into a black hole. Amazing, you humans. Oh, boy. You can work as a team. Uh, then the cable goes out. Uh, uh, They're star, starstruck. Uh, you got, oh, the, yeah, so then they're stuck down there because they were going to take the elevator back up, but the cable stopped working. Yeah, they have about 60 minutes down there, uh, 10 miles down. Uh, captain, situation, the Ood are... Uh, Oh, this is when the Ood start uh, knocking on doors and trying to open them with uh, bolt cutters. Eight minutes and they'll be in. And everyone starts arguing and they say, okay, well, we could stay. We could get them out or bolt. Uh, which are we going to do? We could get out. They could get out or we both get out. Uh, I think that's Rose's leadership. Uh, and Rose asks us, they say, well, well what? And Rose says, T-E-A-M-W-O-R-K-H-U-M-A-N-S-S. And then we see teamwork, you know, which uh, just acts as, I'm good at pressing buttons. And Rose goes, well, press the right buttons. And he goes, oh, yeah. We could bypass the whole thing, Majig, to the three, two, one power stuff. Like with the couplets, that's the way out. And Toby says, I don't know nothing. Uh, he goes, well, the letters, uh, is then Danny, Rose says, Danny boy, get going. Uh, something about a shift. I think that was like a slang term that I didn't know. Let me take a look. Bypass conduits, three, two, one, lights are on. Uh, Toby, Toby says, yeah, I can't do nothing. Uh, translate the message, maybe. Uh, Rose says, get to work, uh, Danny boy. You're in charge of the Ood. Uh, and she goes, yeah, get, get moving so we can get the doctor out shift. Uh, uh, then Ida says, let's use a cable and abseil down into the peach pit. Uh, 
something she mentions even about a Tesco. Uh, oh, because uh, Rose says that, well, a list of things we haven't got. We don't get a Tesco. Uh, then they say, uh, like, uh, somebody says something. Oh, I can uh, I can totally scramble things for the Ood via Ood Habitation. That could be our way out. And then they say there's tunnels for machines below. We could go through those. ZCF, I put I don't know if they called them Z- ZCF or I just started calling Zachary Cross Flame. And she says, start pressing some buttons. Uh, uh, then the doctor has a big moment. Let me see. Uh, he's just like getting low. He says, I get it going. And he goes, you're going down. Uh, and he goes, the urge to jump for joy. Where does that come from, that sensation? Uh, genetics? Uh, or maybe Ida says that. And the doctor goes, no, 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 it's not that. That's too kind. It's not the urge to jump for joy. It's the urge to slide down a slide. Whoopee, wee, wee, wee. Uh, and the doctor starts to abseil down. Uh, urge to, yeah, the doctor goes in. He's in the cavern. The walls are like a, the, the pit. A cavern, wall, pit-like walls are caverned or something. Lower me down. Rose says, Danny, we got to go. We'll be back. Uh, uh, and they say, you're all right. Everybody's laughing. Uh, and everybody's looking at each other's butts. So Rose is looking at Danny's butt. She goes, not your best angle, Danny. And then Royce, Rose says, oi, like, because uh, people are looking at her rear. They're at 7.1, cramped in there. Half power. Stinks in those uh, hallways. Ooter on their way. 8.1, they got to crawl to 8.2 and aerate it. Jefferson has to do some hero action stuff. Uh, so then they get to 9.2, uh, something for, for junction or something. I put 43K, 2.1, because uh, Jefferson and the, some of the Ood go to the, see the big farm. Uh, Ood are waiting even when they try to go upstairs. Uh, Toby, we see, still working undercover for a logger of bars. Uh, Surprise, uh, go up a doer, 32 action music. Uh, yeah, I don't know what those notes mean. Let me see. Uh, uh ooh, open the gate, uh, uh turn left. Uh, uh, there, okay, this is Jefferson going up a bit slow. Uh, let's see, you keep pushing the jet buttons. Uh, yeah, so then they try to go up. Uh, I guess they go out near door 32, and they're on the run. Uh, oh, to- that's when Toby's like, uh, shush, I'm undercover. They get through the door. I think they catch up with Zach, uh, Zach uh, ZCF or whatever. Oh, Ood marching, I, I-, I thought. Uh, they say, hurry up, Danny. They put the Ood on basic zero, which is like timeout. We did it. Uh, the doctor's on my on my way. Oh, Zachary's on his way. So he wasn't with them. Doctor's on a string. He's just talking about sentient minds. Uh, a bit of a thought experiment, you know, like what would happen if this? Uh, uh, does that make it real? Does thinking an idea make it real? Myths and legends, uh, logger bars, uh guy, you know, Khalid, Deimos, uh, Vel, Constantine. But the same image, uh, the thought in the back of every sentient mind. I just said, do you think it's emanating from here? It could be, but I just said, if it's the original, does that mean it's real? And the doctor goes, well, if that's what you want to believe, is it a something real or an idea? And the doctor's at the end of the cable, can't tell how far he's got to go down still. Uh, old Kaiser Soze, that was something, the end of the line. And the doctor says, I'm going to um, do an act of faith. Uh, Rose calls, uh, worried. Nida says the doctor made a leap of faith. Uh, uh, oh, first he asks Ida what her faith is, neoclassic, congregational. You know, doctor goes, I believe I haven't seen everything. And that's what the doctor's face based on. Uh, the things you see, the rules, uh, 
Is it from the universe? Is there something impossible? He goes, that's why I keep traveling, to be proved wrong. And he goes, tell Rose, I, you know, oh, she knows. Uh, so he doesn't say tell her I love her, but... Uh, uh, so then Rosa calls the doctor. She says, uh, doctor took a leap of faith, Rose, uh, probably to the big farm. Uh, keep traveling to be proved wrong. Uh, I love that philosophy. I've accidentally practiced it my whole life. Uh, uh, let's see. Plunge. He's in the pits. Uh, he said your name. I had a bad news. Uh, oh, they say, Ida, by the way, more bad news, Ida. We can't come get you. And Ida says, no worry. This place is beautiful. They say, we're going to take the rocket out of here. And she goes, this place is beautiful. Uh, and it's pretty cool. No one's going to see this again. So uh, good luck. Uh, and the doctor says, oh, cool. We got a retrotopes online, so we're out. And Rose says, well, I'm not leaving. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm going to stay. And uh, they say, nope, the Ooter coming back. To, to, they're waking up. Uh, doctor wakes up uh, downstairs in the pits. Uh, he's breathing air, which is a surprise. Also surprised me. I didn't know the doctor. Uh, I guess I always wondered, did the doctor need to breathe? I mean, I guess he has two hearts. Uh, how many lungs does the doctor have? Uh, they must be a heck of good lungs. Uh, and the doctor wakes up, and meanwhile, the rocket lifts off, uh, lots of cheers, which I put WTF. Why is everybody cheering? Maybe just a thrill. Of, uh, uh, the doctor sees or hears the rocket. Uh, Rose tries to turn them around. Uh, the doctor starts looking around, sees cave paintings with some exposition about jugs of, uh, that the logger, they keep the logger bars uh, barred in. And he says, these glowing jugs, they must be the key or the gate or the bus. Uh, the white wizard's gourd uh, or something. So my note says, white wizard's gourd or guard. And then Toby's laughing hysterically on the rocket. Like the same way I laugh when I'm playing hide and seek and someone's going to find me. Yeah, I find it playing hide and seek titillating. Yeah, like a bit strange. Uh, and he's laughing about the gravity funnel. The doctor's trying to figure out why he's down in the pits, uh, about to meet the logger bars. What do you need me for? Then he meets the logger bars who can't talk, which I'm not sure if the logger bars uh, uh, talked in the other movie. But he goes, this must be where the white wizard locked you up for eternity. Uh, let's see. Wait. Uh, oh, no. Yes, no. The doctor's, you know, trying to figure out... Uh, Who's tricking who? He goes, except you exist, but I don't have to accept who you are. Uh, but somebody expected me down here because there was a ni nice peach bit for me to land in and uh, air. Who needs me for what? Uh, or is this a ritual? Uh, wait. Uh, oh, I'll just love. Uh, oh, no. Yes, no. Intelligent voice. Brilliant. Just a body. Your mind. Oh, dear. Smooth as we can for planet Earth. That's what's at, that's what the rocket they say on the rocket. Maybe they hadn't met yet. Doctor's still looking over the cave painting idea versus the body. Is it you or the the like the white wizard who wants me to breathe this air? Uh, but he goes, well, if I oh boy, he, then he figures out okay, I can uh, send the big the the logger bars to the big farm. But then I would lose Rose. Uh, meanwhile, they cut to Rose. Rose is on the rocket. She goes, this doesn't make sense. Why did we get away? She goes, didn't you see the movie? Uh, you shall not pass. We didn't have a Gandalf. It must have wanted us to escape. Uh, and she goes, anyway, what was it? She goes, was there something missing from the movie? I still don't sure why the logger bars lived in. Where was it? What was it doing there anyway? Ancient something, right? Uh, Toby and Toby and Rose, uh, somebody says, quiet. I think Toby says, Rose, quiet, please. Uh, so I say, oh, boy, you just explain Rose. And the doctor's kind of still going over the ideas. Uh, he goes, okay, well, if I get rid of you, then I get rid of Rose. Or 
He goes, but I've seen a lot of this universe. I've seen fake gods, bad gods, demigods, would-be gods. Uh, and out of that whole pantheon, if I believe in one thing, it's Rose. Uh, whole pantheon, I believe in her. Gravity funnel goes out because the doctor starts uh, the end of the logger bars. Uh, doctor says, I'm going to ride you. Into the black hole, uh, lager bars, in in a sense, like the White Wizard did. Then Toby gets all his henna ta- tattoos come back. Uh, so Rose says, Toby, why don't you hop out of the rocket ship uh, and head over to the, uh, you know, scout the black hole and big farm out for us. And then Zachary Crossplane says, okay, we got to get in the, oh, uh, we got to go into the, um, uh, the uh, b- 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 uh, black hole ourselves. Uh, oh boy, Ood and Ida already went in there. And then the doctor finds the TARDIS and he starts laughing. Uh, and Zachary says, Good news is we'll be the first few humans ever flying to a black hole, so we're making history. And uh, there's big music. And then there's quiet. Uh, and then the doctor comes online and says, Hey, it's a good ship TARDIS. Uh, what do you say we swap Rose Tyler? He goes, Rose Tyler on board? He goes, oh, swap uh, Rose for Ida. And they said, what about the gravity? He goes, gravity, schmavity. My people invented black holes. Uh, and everyone cheers. Uh, if, oh, oh, oh uh, Rose Tyler. He goes, it couldn't fit the oud in the TARDIS, so that was too bad. Uh, then we hear Rose, Rose on the TARDIS. There's love music playing. There was also a phone by the front door on the inside. Uh, then let's see. Uh, Ood. Uh, okay, we're entering clear space, end of the line. Uh, mission closed. Uh, then Rhoda, or Ida wakes up, uh, and they say, what were you, where were you flying in? And they say, a box, maybe? Uh, that's what it looked like on the radar. Or that's what Dan or Danny saw. And then the doctor calls and says, Zach, uh, we're going to be off. Thanks for that great hug and have a good trip home. And next time you get curious about something, oh, what's the point? You'll just go blundering in, you humans, how much I love them, onwards and upwards. Uh, and the doctor also says, I couldn't decipher the writing and the day I know everything and might as well stop. Uh, Rose goes, well, what do you think? We really think it was a lawyer or bars from the, like, she goes, how do you say that? Tolkien or Tolkien? And the doctor goes, it's good enough for me, Rose, Rosie Poo. Rose, old Rosie of mine. And he goes, Ida, maybe I'll catch you later. Uh, and they said, well, who are you two, by the way? And the doctor, a little bit, uh, like, uh, he says, oh, we're the stuff of legends. And then they do kind of a tribute at the end to all the Oods. Uh, they give honor to Tobias, uh, Zed, uh, Toby, a 43K 2.1, and then all of the Oods. Uh, Ood Alpha, Ood 1 Alpha 1, Ood 1 Alpha 2. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, but let's look at some stuff that came up with this episode. You know, it's it's the pits. Should I, how should I spell its versus its? I, I have to relearn this uh, so I can forget it. Uh, when you're in a hurry, you might write it apostrophe s when you really mean its or the other way around. You need to be. This is from uh, Marco Tikak on Grammarly blog. It's versus it's. How should you use them? Uh, it apostrophe it is, is it is a, a, a contraction of it is or it has. Uh, uh, it apostrophe s is a possessive determinant, or we used to say something belongs to or refers to something. So it's the pits would be it apostrophe s because it is the pits. Uh, they're commonly confused, uh, pronounced the same, and there's a very small difference. Uh, uh, so uh, the rules are clear. IT apostrophe S is the same type of contraction as where's or theirs. 
and it's as possessive just like my or your. Okay, so that's a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, let's see, incorrect. He doesn't think ITS is a good, a good idea to spend all his money on video games. Uh, it should be IT apostrophe S. It's been a year since they last met. That should be IT apostrophe S. The computer looked as though its power supply had failed. It's possessive. It's power supply, ITS. The car is no good without its wheels. Uh, that would be ITS because uh, it possesses its own wheels. Uh, at least the cars I know. Okay, so that's all the examples. So that's Grammarly. What about this Matt Jones who wrote this episode? And presumably the last one, a British television producer and screenwriter uh, began as a columnist for Doctor Who magazine, uh, then uh, wrote a, a, a novel, uh, Bad Therapy, which was part of uh, Doctor Who tie-in books. Uh, a big break came in 1999. He was a script editor on uh, Queer's Folk uh, on Channel 4. And that same year, he edited another Channel 4 drama, uh, Love in the 21st Century, which he also wrote one episode. The following year, he worked for two series for uh, a Children's Award in Coronation Street. Uh, then he worked on Clocking Off, uh, Now You See Her, a one-off drama. Uh, worked uh, like... Uh, then to that, by eventually he got 2005, uh, second season of the BBC revival, Doctor Who. He also wrote a second series of the spinoff Torchwood, uh, wrote the second episode of Dirk Gently, and contributed to Stanley's Lucky Man. So that's a little bit about Matt Jones and, you know, gives you good advice on uh, making it. What about O.R.E.? Uh, dash ida orida uh, which is uh, like it was a, a very around when i was a kid uh i don't remember which foods we specifically i think a crink like a frozen frozen potato products uh it's an american band brand orida orida oh no that's o'reilly's uh right now it's produced by the heinz company uh, but it's potato-based frozen foods uh, located out of Ontario, Oregon. It's generally considered a leading potato brand in the American uh, market. Uh, it's formed in '34 in uh, uh, Eastern Oregon. Uh, the Greg brothers, uh, they were distributors of uh, corn. And with the backing uh, from another uh, person, Otis Williams, uh, they opened, rented a frozen food plant uh, in Ontario on the border with Idaho. So I guess there's our O'Rida. It converted it to a potato processing facility. And it was originally called the Oregon Frozen Foods Company. Uh, sold frozen corn and French fries. And then, oh, holy mackerel, this is big. Uh, they may have been the founders of Tater Tots. Right uh, uh, size log formed from seasoned slivers of potatoes, uh, which were, of course, they were trying to maximize their production leftovers from French fry production. And uh, we, did, I guess, we had Tater Tots because that's maybe where I would know it. I think they, they maybe my, someone in my family is big on uh, crinkle cut fries because uh, I kind of remember those more. Uh, but yeah, they went public in 1961, acquired by Heinz in 65. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Heinz came up with the slogan, when it says O'Rida, it's all Rida. Uh, McCain's Food uh, purchased their food service division in 97. Uh, they were located in Boise till 1999. And now they're based in uh, Heinz headquarters in Pittsburgh. Uh, so a, and that's on Wikipedia, so I'll link to it. Uh, what about this song? Uh, something about it made me think of it. Uh, oh, wait, that's not the lyrics. I'll do the lyrics first, and then uh, it, this triggered a whole line. So I had a blue jean baby. 
L.A. lady, seamstress for the band, a pretty-eyed pirate smile. You'll marry a music man. A ballerina, you must have seen her dancing in the sand. And now she's in me, always with me, tiny dancer in my hand. Uh, Jesus freaks out in the street, handing tickets out for God. Uh, turning back, she just laughs, the boulevard is not that bad. Piano man, he makes his stand in the auditorium. Looking on, she sings the songs, the words she knows, uh, the tunes she hums. But oh, how it feels so real, lying here with no one near, and only you can hear me. When I say so slowly, softly, uh, hold me closely, tiny dancer, count the headlights on the highway. Uh, lay me down in sheets of linen. You've had a busy day to me. You know, I used to change this uh, when it was more applicable to hold me closely, Tony Danza. Who's the boss is off the airways? And then I would kind of just like, like uh, uh, try to make it. But hold me closely, Tony Danza. Who's the boss is off the airwaves? There you go. You could have fun with it from there. And it's the lyrics to the Elton John and uh, Bernie Taupin song, uh, Tiny Dancer. Uh, uh, and it was on their fourth album, Madman Across the Water. It releases a single in 72, uh, certified gold in 2005, and platinum in 2011. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, a really popular song. It was uh, opening track on that album. It was, uh, the lyrics were inspired by a visit to the U.S., uh, intended to capture the spirit of California and how it contrasted with England, uh, especially the personalities. A misconception is that it's about uh, Bernie's first wife, uh, but he, he said that wasn't true, uh, but it was dedicated to her on the album. Uh, due to the song's lengthy uh, runtime and lack of a hook, uh, it was originally not a, didn't do well as a single, only reaching 41 on the pop charts. Uh, so, I mean, come on. I mean, it's a great song. I, I think Hold Me Closely is, uh, but it always reminds me of that scene in Almost Famous. Uh, and he said, maybe it's a time to look back at Almost Famous and, and watch it. Uh, it's a Cameron Crowe movie. Uh, that a lot of us are big fans of uh, his movies. And I actually watched this a lot when I was trying to learn screenwriting. Uh, it's a comedy drama film. Uh, Stars Billy Crudup, Francis McDormand, Kate Hudson, and Patrick, Patrick Fugit. Uh, it tells the story of a teenage journalist writing for Rolling Stone in the 70s, covering the fictitious rock band Stillwater. And he's trying to get his first story published. It's semi-autobiographical, as Crow himself was a teenage writer for Rolling Stone. And it's based on his uh, early experiences touring with rock bands Poco, Allman Brothers, Led Zeppelin, Eagles, and Leonard Skinnerd. And this was kind of like uh, his crossover from boyhood to manhood, I guess, Cameron Crowe. Uh, it didn't do well at the box office. I, I think I saw it in the movies. Uh, maybe I didn't see it until it came out. Uh, it was uh, did well with the critics, though. One best uh, original screenplay, a Grammy for best uh, soundtrack album. Uh, Robert e Robert Roger Ebert held it as best film of the year, and the ninth best of the aughts. Uh, won two Golden Globes, uh, and I think it's a movie that is worth it. Uh, I'm just looking for the part where. Uh, Oh, the band, uh, uh, the you know, the band is getting ready to go somewhere, and you know they're having, uh, you know, bands having disagreements. Is this when they sing it, or isn't it a good moment? Uh, I can't remember, but uh, it really is. Uh, it's a great. I, I, I'd say it's a really good movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and there's a lot of other. Uh, you'd be surprised uh, if you haven't seen it. It's definitely worth it. Okay, here's another song. We won't read the lyrics to this one, but uh, Danny Boy is a ballad set to an ancient Irish melody. 
English songwriter Friedrich or Frederick Weatherly wrote the lyrics, uh, which are set to the Irish tune of Londonbury Air. It was written in a small town called Lim- Limavadi, and it's associated with Irish communities. Uh, various suggestions exist as the true meaning of Danny Boy. Some have interpreted it as a message from a parent to a son uh, going off or leaving as part of the Irish uh, diaspora. Uh, the 1918 has a uh, version, sheet version, has different uh, lyrics. Uh, it's been covered by tons and tons of people. Uh, yeah, so like popular, popular song, a lot, lot popular song in uh, politics and uh, film and uh, culturally, at least in the U.S. So uh, I don't know, just because Rose was calling him Danny Boy made me think of it. What about Tesco? For those of you in the U.S. Uh, like me, you might not be familiar with Tesco except when you go visit uh, Europe. And I'm pretty sure I, I thought I encountered a Tesco in Prague. Uh, and I'm still not sure if Tesco owns Trader Joe's. We'll find out maybe in this. Uh, it's a multinational grocery and general merchandise retailer. Yeah, third largest uh, retailer in the world me- measured by gross revenues. Uh, ninth largest retailer by re- just revenues. Uh, shops in seven countries. Uh, Market leader of groceries in the UK, uh, founded in 1919 by Jack Cohen as a group of market stalls, uh, started using the name Tesco in 1924 after he purchased a shipment of tea with uh, T.E. Stockwell, combined those initials with the first two of his surname, T.E.S. Uh, T.E.S.C.O. Tesco, okay. Uh, first shop opened in 1931 in Burnt Oak, uh, expanded rapidly, uh, been global since 1990s. Uh, it was in the U.S. Uh, for in 2013. It pulled out. Uh, it's diversified into books, clothing, and more. In uh, the 90s, it repositioned itself from being a down market, high volume retailer to. Uh, Oh, it had Tesco value items and Tesco finest, uh, broadened it, which broadened its appeal. Uh, let's see, expanded. Uh, Jack Cohen's business model was pile it high and sell it cheap. Uh, he, he also, this is just according to Wikipedia, had a motto of uh, YCDBSOYA. You can't do business sitting on your arse. Uh, it took over uh, Hillard's chain of supermarkets in the 80s, uh, uh, Sainsbury. Uh, let's see. It had a club card starting in 95. I don't know. Let's see. Diversification, retailing at Grocery Works, uh, uh, into Poland, TNS. Uh, uh, Japan. I don't see anything about uh, um, Trader Joe's in here, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got. My, maybe I don't know my Tesco from my Aldi. <laughs> you get that? That's a little bit of a joke, but uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot more about it. Uh, and uh, you know, I love shopping at random. You know, new places that are new to me is always exciting. Tesco is known for its corporate social responsibility. It donates uh, 1.87% of uh, pre-tax profits. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, change for good. Advertising is popular. So this is a little bit about Tesco. Okay, here's the lyrics of another song. Uh, um that reminded the, the cavern reminded me of that. I may have to change some of these lyrics to the ones I've. I think uh, your time is near. The mission's clear. It's later than you think. Uh, before you slip into the night, you'll want something to drink. Uh, steal away before the dawn, and bring us back good news. But if you tread in primal soup, uh, please wipe it from your shoes. 
Just then a porthole pirate scourged the evening with his cry. In sanctuary bugs deprived the monkey of its thigh. A dusty rose caught my nose before I could think twice. Despite the butt that scuttled up, I gave some last advice. So as in my lyrics changing, uh, the flesh from the logger bars, uh, dogs will make rudiments of gruel. Despite the, this is deduct the carrots from your pay, you worthless swampy fool. You worthless swampy fool. Just a weakness back. It will make the rudiments of gruel. Despite the, I don't, I don't know what I thought those were. Exploding then through fields and fen and swimming in the mire. The septic maidens gurgled to demented me with fire. I drifted where the current chose afloat upon my back. And if perchance a newt slime by, I'd stuff it in my sack. Uh, soon I spell, felt a bubble form somewhere below my skin. But with handy spine of hedgehog, I removed the force within. Susie then removed her mask and caused a mighty stir. The angry mob responded, taking turns at uh, patting her on the back. Uh, the foggy cavern's musty grime appeared within my palm. I snatched Rick's fork to scrape it off with deadly, icy calm. You don't think I knew that. The crowd, meanwhile, had taken Sue and uh, uh, helped her clean up some stuff. Uh, to mop the slime from where the slug had slittered with the bag. In summing up, uh, the moral seems a little bit obscure. Uh, give the director a serpent deflector, a mud rat detector, a ribbon reflector, a cushion convector, a picture of nectar, a viral dissector, a hormone corrector. Whatever you do, take care of your shoes. Uh, so it's a fish song, a, sh- a cavern. It was written uh, by... Uh, Anastasio, Marshall, and Herman, and I think it probably has some of the lyrics. Uh, some of them are probably, I don't know if they've ever said those through the lyrics of the song, uh, but some of them are the ones that I hear in my head. And it's a popular song. It's one of their more popular songs. A lot of times it's like a set closer or an, uh, I think usually, or sometimes an encore, because uh, I can just listen to it and then hear it. Uh, and there's not a song after that. Uh, what about oi, oi? You know, that uh, is a word that gets used in England a lot, not as much here. It's an interjection, uh, and it's just to get someone's attention or express a surprise or disapproval uh, from uh, Cockney speech. Uh, it might effectively be a local pronunciation of hoy with the dropping of an H. Uh, it was being used in the 50s to call attention or to challenge, depending on its tone or abruptness. Uh, it's jaunty and a self-assertive, uh, as well as intensely cockney. Uh, a poll of non-English speakers uh, by the British Council in 2004 found that oi was considered the 61st most beautiful word in the English language. And here's a tip that uh, was added to the, uh, if you don't have an L or something, uh, or two L's and a Y, is added to the acceptable words of, for U.S. Scrabble in 2006. According to Nietzsche, in Greek, oi was an expression of uh, P-A-I-N, or uh, M-I-S-T-U-R-Y. So it's just a little bit, you know, it's a word that comes out a lot. I said, let me, let's put that out there, like uh, what it is. Okay, one more thing. I hit up at BriggsandStratton.com to find out what aeration in your lawn is, uh, you know, because it's important to know, uh, I guess. uh, It's perforating the soil with small holes to allow air, water, and nutrients to penetrate the grass roots. it helps the roots grow deeply and produce a stronger, more vigorous lawn. Uh, the main reason for aerating is to alleviate soil compaction. Uh, compacted soils have too many solid particles in a certain volume of space, uh, and that prevents proper circulation. Uh, should you be aerating your lawn? I think we already know now. Uh, 
yeah, one of the most common questions is, should you aerate your lawn? It's a good candidate if uh, gets heavy use, uh, you know, children, pets, etc. Was uh, part of a new constructed home that had construction traffic, uh, dries out easily. It has a spongy feel. You may have an excess thatch problem, by the way. You know, not great news. Uh, what you can do is take a shovel, remove a slice of lawn, if the thatch layer is greater than one half inch thick, oh boy, you better aerate. Uh, if it was established by sod and the soil layering still exists, uh, soil layering means that the soil of a finer texture which comes with the imported sod is layered over the existing coarser soil. And here's a big deal. that uh, Layering disrupts drainage. Uh, when do you want to do it? Uh, the best time is the growing season. When the grass can heal and fill any open areas, uh, ideally aerate the lawn with the cool season grass in the early spring or fall and fall, and with the warm season grass in the late spring. You can aerate with a spike or plug. Uh, maybe maybe to listen to the lyrics of Cavern, then aerate your lawn would be my advice. Uh, but for now, I think that's it. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Good night.